Well, today marks the beginning of uh, this September edition of this monthly program called Upon Mount Zion. As many of us have uh, heard me say, that Mount Zion is the image of the church in the Old Testament. So anytime that the Old Testament talks about Mount Zion, it's talking about the church. So, and shall we read the leading scripture of this program in Obadiah 17, verse 17. Obadiah, verse 17. But upon Monzan shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the out of Saul, for the Lord has spoken it. And they of the south shall possess the month of Ezel, and they of the plain the Philistines, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim, and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Seraphat. And the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Seraphat, shall possess the cities of the south. Verse 21. And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Amen. That is our leading scripture for this program every month. And that is why we call it Mount Zion. And you see, on, upon Mount Zion, and you see, Mount Zion being the image of the church, being the symbol of the church, the scripture says that deliverance shall be on Mount Zion. That upon Mount Zion, that is in the church, shall be deliverance. And there shall be holiness in the church. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. So the reason for this deliverance, the reason for this deliverance is primarily for the house of Jacob, for the children of his people to possess their possession. So the reason that you are being delivered is for you to be able to possess your possession. Everybody say amen. amen. There's, there's no need for us in Mount Zion to pass through deliverance and to be holy. The reason is for you to be able to possess your possession. There is a possession. There is a portion allotted to you by God. When people began to live as if they are not going to die, and they live their life roughly, the only meaning is that they will lose their possession. Everybody coming to this world, you have a possession in his kingdom that is allotted unto you. You have a portion to inherit. But when you don't live according to the precept of the Lord, you will lose it. And when you go to the cemetery, you see people's buried in the cemetery. They may be your aunt. They may be your uncle. They may be your father. But there are people who have come to this world and they do not possess their possession. They did not get their destiny. They did not get what the Lord allotted to them, and it means they failed. And so 
there are so many failures around us. They keep on living as if God brought them here to do what? To marry and give back to children. And you need to listen to me and listen to my sermons and listen to my podcasts, emphasizing this fact. You did not come to this world primarily to marry and give back to children. Why? Animals does the same. And are you not better than animals? Do not animals have sex and conceive? Of course, yes. If that is the reason you came here, some people will quote the scripture and misquote it really and say, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the air. If they read further in that scripture, they know that they are wrong. The fruitfulness he's talking about is not talking about procreation. Amen. He's talking about try as much as possible to multiply the destiny that God has given you to multiply it on the earth. And it has to take three phases. The first phase is to be fruitful. The second phase is to multiply. The third phase is to replenish the earth. That is actually the three phases of prosperity. When you are prospering in what God has given you, you are being fruitful. The second stage is that thing that you are prospering in, that you are doing to multiply. Right? And the third phase is for that thing now to cover the earth. So it means you're going to have branches of that single thing you are doing everywhere on the earth. So that there is the three stages of prosperity that God pronounced as a blessing on Abraham. So when you see Abraham leaving the Garden of Eden and being driven out, he was not driven out because God did not have a plan to, for them to replenish the earth. No. Some people will say that the reason why they were driven out I had that when I was not born again. It's because they had sex. Amen? The Bible never said they had sex. The Bible said they had fruit. Are you listening to me? It's fruit. He knew they are going to have sex when the time comes. And because without sex, they cannot procreate. He knew that. That's not his problem. They're going to have that. But they ate the forbidden fruit. Why was the fruit forbidden? It wasn't because the fruit was not bad. You've heard me say that many times. Intrinsically, the fruit is a good fruit. Amen? It's a fruit that will give them knowledge. But he said, don't eat it. And you can accuse God and say, why did he put this thing in the garden if he doesn't want them to, to eat it? Now you come to another revelation. Amen. That, that tree was put in the garden to be observed as a tithe. That's where tithe started from. From the garden of Eden. Tithe is what you don't spend, but you have. Tithe is, that's why he said, if you eat your tithe, you will die. Like Abraham and Eve. They ate their tithe and they did, they died. Cause was pronounced upon them. And you see the same cause in Malachi. He said, if you eat your tithe, what will happen to you? You will be caused with a cause. And there is no man of God that can remove this cause from you. That's why when I start praying for you, I first of all tell you to go and be paying tithe. Because the anointing cannot work for you if you don't pay tithe. That's scripture. Some people are still struggling with this tithe. How about covenant seed? How about supporting God's work if you are struggling with tithe? Amen. Do you know how many offerings God told the children of Israel to be given? Seven. Seven types of offerings. I don't think New Testament people can do that. Seven offerings. It was massive kept on demanding from them, demanding from them, do this, do this, and so that they can be blessed. And they were doing it. Seven offering. Eh? 
if in this church now we, st we start dancing as they do in CAC, and we start saying that let's give offering for our building, let's give offering for this, let's give up, some of you will run away. Amen. But Israel was doing more than that. They need the offering and the tithe to rise. And so God knew they would not rise without offering and tithe. Amen. So now, I'm coming to that later. But you see, for today, for today, let me just open this program by just teaching on hindering the hinderer. That's the title of my message. Hindering the hinderer. Amen. Then you wonder what kind of title is that? Amen. Amen. What kind of title is hindering the hinderer? Who is the hinderer? Satan. Eh? Whom are you going to hinder? Satan. It means you can hinder the one that hinders. Because one of the titles of Satan is an hinderer. Somebody who rejoices in hindering you to possess your possession. Somebody who rejoices in buffeting you. That's another word. Buffet. He will begin to buffet you because he doesn't want you to get somewhere. And that is what is happening all the time. Somebody say, I'm born again. That's the start. That's the beginning. Somebody say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's the beginning of spiritual life. Amen. And that is the level that many people were speaking in tongues. And they died and they left. And they never possessed their position. As if speaking in tongues is the end of it or no. After speaking in tongues, you begin to talk about walking in the realm of the miraculous. And walking in the realm of supernatural. And the only thing that can make you to walk in the realm of supernatural is the gift of the Spirit. When the gift of the Spirit begins to operate in your life, then you begin to enter the supernatural plane. Then you are not ordinary. Hallelujah. Some people are not ordinary in this world. But 75% of Christians are ordinary. They don't see beyond their nose. Amen. Praise God. Some people, when you preach some things, they are already offended. Hello? They are already offended. Then you are offended for your own sake. It's not for my sake. The preacher. I've been preaching for 43 years. And I will not stop preaching until Jesus comes. Amen. Amen. I'm called to preach. And nobody will tell me what to preach. It's only God who gives me what to preach. And when I want to start this meeting, you know you said every month now we're going to be having this service and God is taking over. Amen. Then I always ask God, what do you want me to preach on? And he will tell me. Today he said, hindering the hinderer. You are going to hinder the one that hinders you in your life. You will do it. I say you will do it. Can you do it? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. Chapter 2, verse 18. I want you to see something. Second Thessalonians chapter two verse eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I like that. Oh, that's that's first Thessalonians. Sorry, first Thessalonians. Sorry, but you already tell me where. Yeah. You see, 
He said, we will have come unto you. Anyhow, we will have come unto you. But what happened? Who hindered them? The great apostle was hindered. Isn't it? The one who had everything. He had the power of God. He had everything. But still, he was hindered. Who hindered him? Who hindered him? So if Satan hindered him, can Satan attempt to hinder you? He does that every day. Yeah? He does that every day. He hinders you every day. Wherefore we will have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. <laughs> Romans 15, 20. We are going to read 20 to 22. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should be built upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom it was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also have been much hindered from coming to you. So who hindered him? Huh? Who hindered him? Hmm? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul was asking the Galatians, you did wrong well, but who hindered you? So, these hindrances is something that is practical, is something that is occurring in the life of people every day and every moment. And we're going to zero on it in this program. How we can remove all hindrances from our life. Where you are today is not where you are supposed to be. Something is happening. And you have to get those things off. What is happening is what we call hindrances. What is happening is what we call hindrances. Now let me just show you some of the things you can be hindered from. Number one, success or breakthrough. Or what you call breakthrough. I like to call it breakthrough, not breakthrough. Success or breakthrough. You can be hindered from it. Number two, you can be hindered from placement or appointment. There is a placement that God has for you. You can be hindered from it. Or appointment. Number three, you can be hindered from educational pursuit. Amen. That is, to improve your intellectual capacity. You can be hindered from it. Some of us, mommy used to say in our own generation, how many graduates were available? Eh? Many people were hindered. They were hindered by witchcraft in their family. They were hindered by relationships who are very hungry that they are going to university. You don't have much of it nowadays because you, you young people, you know, you go to, there are so many universities now, Polytechnic and other, but in my days, how many universities? That's about five. Hmm? How many Polytechnic? So many drop out because they tried to improve their lot educationally, but they were hindered. They were hindered by a central spirit, they were hindered by witchcraft, age-old witchcraft in their home, and they couldn't pursue it. Amen. Even now, some of you, you make attempt to improve your educational lot, but you get discouraged and you don't know what is happening. You are being hindered. You want to do what has not been done in your family. Amen. In your family, they don't read more than 
first degree. Amen. <laughs> but you want to read second degree. And the ancestral spirits in your home will say no. No, 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 no. Why? Why should he do things that have not been done in this family? Are you getting me clear? Then you get to a point you are discouraged. They say, well, I'm not going to read anymore. The next thing is that I'll be pursuing money. I want to have money. And you get to having money. You're also in that. Why? Because nobody in that family have had money beyond a certain level. Hmm? I used to say that if your family has not produced a millionaire, it's probably you are not going to be one. Why? Because the same monitoring spirit in that family. And you have the blood of that family in your vein. If you are not careful, if you don't take your deliverance seriously, you are not going to be. There is going to be what? Indrances. I came from a family. I know, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I fought in the caucus of coming up. And some of people in my family are still struggling up to today. And they are 65. Right? I know people. We started ministry together. Some started before me. They don't have a, they don't have a car. Even up to now. And they are 65, 66. They don't have a car. The highest car they have is a rickety one. Amen? What you call jalopy. That's all they have. What is preventing them? When they see a good car passing by, they say, oh, I wish I had this car. I wish. But it ends and begins from wish. Something is hindering. Something is preventing for you to leave that level. I'm telling you, this is the gospel truth. Number three. You see, when I talk about placement or promotion or whatever you call it in your working place, <coughs> some people in that working place don't want you to be promoted. Isn't it? And they use their witchcraft to attack you. Some people in your family don't want you. They, they know you struggle to be in a certain realm, but they don't want you to pass that realm. Hallelujah. Some people are hindered from business pursuit. When you pursue, 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 and nothing happens, what happens? You get discouraged and you give, give anything, everything up. Amen. Why? Because they are hindered. Amen. They are hindered. Number five, hindered from receiving healing. It, it, it happens in healing. Some people are hindered from receiving their healing. Many times they are prayed for them, but they are not hindered because that thing is being supervised by a spirit that they will not receive that healing. Not that God has not healed them or the anointing will not heal them. Some people are hindered from supernatural miracles. Miracles that are not far-fetched. It just happened. They are hindered from it. And when you look at this, then you begin to wonder what are the means by which these people are very effective in hindering me. Yeah, number A. Let's look at number A. It is demonic spirit or fallen spirit or familiar spirit that hinders people based on their spiritual state or action. Demonic spirit or fallen spirit or familiar spirit hinders people based on their spiritual state or action. Amen. Amen. 
you will witness with me that some people have been invited to this church. They come and go, come and go. Eh? Come, they will not. And they jump from one church to the other, thinking they are going to find solution. Not knowing. It's still the same familiar spirit that is pushing them all around. Hallelujah. The familiar spirit is operative in their life because of their action. Not that God did not love them. Amen. Amen. When you talk about spirit like spirit husbands, spirit wives, they are very active in the life of people. And yet, the people that have been afflicted by this are ignorant. Hallelujah. Very ignorant. Sometimes they think that what they are doing, they are doing by themselves. I told you the other Sunday here that the gods in our father's family seem ministers to us. Ministers to our thoughts. If you have not been delivered. And you think you are the one thinking that way. That is what they want you to think about. That is what, why they are telling you, manipulating you to think that way. Because every God is controlled by a spirit. A man who is a Christian, who is filled with the Holy Ghost, who is a lawyer, I told you, who suddenly resigned from law and said he's going to ministry. And everybody clapped for him for going to ministry. And the next thing is that he rented a place for church and he said, God told me. You know, Pentecostal will always say, God told me. Whether that thing is right or wrong. And when you say, God told me, who will argue with you? Eh? This man suddenly got up and said, I want to build a pulpit that nobody has built. I'm not going to be standing when I'm preaching. I'm going to be kneeling down. <laughs> when I'm preaching. And that's what the Lord told me. He will say, that is what the Lord told me. That's what people say. So when we began to investigate, we saw that he was actually kneeling down to a very prominent God in that family. It is the God that is ministering to him. The spirit of the God. How can you kneel down in a puppet? And say you want to preach. Is that Lord? And he said, for it's a revolution. Eh? It's a revolution that nobody has done. And I want to do something that nobody has done before. Amen, somebody. It is those who have knowledge of demonology and deliverance that knows that know. So when they investigate, they saw that there was a prominent God that the family worshipped by kneeling down. Hallelujah. They need to force this brother for deliverance and minister to him. So, this God sends spirit to manipulate your mind and to make sure that uh, when this church started, I saw some young people behaving one way or the other. And I laughed. Because as a ministry, and as somebody who has been in ministry, I'm, I'm familiar with that. I'm coming to that, you know? And you start behaving one kind, and you are behaving as if uh, you are Dagote's son. Amen. Even Dagote's son has a problem. Amen? You see? And uh, so anyone who is in the field of deliverance knows that something is wrong. There are certain behaviors that comes as a result of influence. Eh? And those ministers who are in the deliverance world, they understand. They will be patient with you. Amen? Because they know something is evidently wrong. Pastors cannot. Some pastors will drive you away. But no. Something is wrong. Something is influencing somewhere. Hallelujah. Be a sensual spirit from your background can also hinder you because of the covenant of your forefathers 
and mothers with them. You know, Satan, there is one thing I know him for. He's a legalist. He doesn't forget covenant. You understand? You children, you may not know. But your forefathers have had covenant and most of the time a blood covenant with them. And they stand on that covenant. So if you are a Christian, you need to be very serious. Otherwise, that covenant, they don't use from it. Hallelujah. Praise God. And some problems that Christians face that makes them to need deliverance came as a result of this. They came as a result of this. So, and I always say that everybody needs deliverance. Amen. We have started a fake clinic here and some of our members here have been ministered to and we are still on it. Amen. Praise God. Nobody is exempted. Not even pastor. Amen. Pastor is uh, getting to some ministration right now and he's getting results. Amen. He's getting testimony. Clap for Jesus. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you see that this pastor wake, wake up and sleep with me every time. Isn't he? Is he not my biological son? Eh? Eh? Why am I going to be ministering to him again? Eh, because he came from my root. Right? He has an foundation. It is the blood of my forefathers that is in him. Hmm? Eh? The blood in me is in him. How many of you know that even medical science have proved that it is the blood of the father that is in the baby, not the mother? You have not had that? You have not had that? The, the blood of the mother has nothing to do Practically nothing with the formation of fetus. When the fetus is formed from the egg, the blood that is going to be in that child is the blood of the father, not the mother. Amen. And many people react according to the blood of their family. May the blood that is in your vein be delivered by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Eh? Because that is the only blood that was pure. It's a blood that is pure. All other bloods are contaminated. That is why if the Lord's blood is not pure, it will not redeem us from sin and from Satan. So when he shed the blood, God the Father knew that that is my blood. That's the only blood that is pure. Anybody coming to this world, that's the only blood that is pure. And that's the only blood that is used for our redemption. Amen. All of that blood are contaminated. And don't forget that your forefather is not a Christian. I think you know that. So, the blood of Jesus could not easily be in his vein. But now, that blood can be wiped off through deliverance. That what happened to your father will not happen to you. What happened to your mother will not happen to you. Amen. The hindrance your father faced will not happen to you. Amen. The hindrance your, your mother faced it will not happen to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see that the spirit in that. Now let me now point to some human points human things that can hinder you and make you to be hindered by the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. The first one, sad to say, number one is pride. Everybody say pride. Or what you call arrogance. That's the basic thing that hinders human beings from accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, from accepting deliverance. 
Hallelujah. When human being put on a gap of pride, eh? you know what God says about pride? From afar. And he gave grace to the humble. Grace is not available to the proud. I said something to you, those in church last Sunday. I said, see, under this ministry, you break forth. Eh? Under this ministry, you will be elevated. But you must not be proud. Amen? Amen? The moment you are proud, the same power that is elevating you will bring you down. Why? Because God Look at the proud Pharaoh and he gave grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. In this city, people know me. Don't think they don't know me. Many people you think don't know me, know me. But that is something they know me for. And they say it, ministers say it everywhere. They say, as for Adeshola, he has no protocol. You can see him anytime. And he will attend to you anytime. He will be playing with children, young children, as if there is me. They say it. Whereas, one person came to my office one time when I was in the cage. He said, sir, why are you like this? People don't have half or one quarter of what you have. Nobody can see them. He began to mention some so-called bishop in, in the town, the city. And he has, he has gone to their offices and for 24 hours he wanted to see them and he could not see them. And he was asking me, why are you like this? Then I said, well, that's a covenant between me and Jesus. Amen. Praise God. It's a covenant between me and Jesus. To make myself available like Jesus did to everybody. Those who don't do that, are you aware? Eh? Amen. Are you aware that some ministers in this Lagos, before you see them, you have to fill a form and pay 5000 naira? Yes. When you ask them, they say they are using that to run the ministry. Eh? But Jesus said something. Freely, you have received. Freely, you should give. Somebody was my, he was one of the security, was my gate man when I was in the faculty. And this boy used to attend service once in a while when we preach. Kufri is the name. Kufri came to me one day and said, Sir, I'm very sorry to tell you this. I said, Go ahead. He said, Do you know that I took my brother to a deliverance ministry? Yeah. He mentioned the place. My brother needed to be prayed for, and uh, they said we should feed from. And uh, I paid 10000 We feed the form 10000 before we could see the man. Before we could see the man, we got there in the morning, we saw the man around 5, after paying 10000 I said, Kufri, why are you telling me this? He said, Daddy, I'm just telling you. Don't tell me. You leave me here. You go to a place where you pay 10000 And you, you are my gate man. You are my security. If I'm going back and she said, Daddy, I want to see you. Will I say you should not see me? Huh? And that's your problem. He said, after my brother passed through this, nothing happened to my brother. Absolutely nothing. And so people go from one deliverance ministry, church ministry like that, up to now. And they rake them in. 
and nothing, no changes in their life. The problem is not removed. And they keep on going. Praise God. You remember Naman, the Syrian general, when he went to be healed of Elijah. He has a preconceived notion how healing takes place. People come to service with that preconceived notion. This is how it's going to be. He will lay my hand, he will lay hands on me. And that is what is in the mind of Naaman. And when he now got, after much persuasion, he went to Elijah. You will see later that two pride, type of pride, was in the life of the Naaman. The first is pride of place. Pride of the position he occupies. As the one that the king of his country lean on that fights the battle of the nation. Pride of place. That's a pride of position. Another thing you see in him is pride of race. When they said that are there not many rivers in Syria Cuba, and become healed? How come this man did not even come out to see me? Go to Jordan, wash and be healed. He felt offended, isn't it? He was offended because of pride. He has pride of place as a general. He has also pride of race, where he comes from. At, his, at the waters of uh, um, Syria, not better than Jordan. Where will he not send me there and wash and be healed? He turned back and was going. Was going because of pride. Pride who wink him. He took the aid to persuade him that if this man asks you to do something greater than this, will you not do it? Is it not to be healed? And that's truth. He said you should go and wash in Jordan. If he had said you should do something bigger than that, would you not? No. He persuaded him, thank God he did. And he went to wash and he was healed. That pride prevents people from being delivered. They look at their place in the society. They look at their place in social, social level. They are social. Hmm? And what makes them social is the pancake they put on their face. Amen? They design their place with pancake and looks beautiful. Amen? Then, you know, the pancake is increasing now, different types. And uh, they now fit for me to go to that man, me, with my social status, going to someone to be prayed for in deliverance. I, I am not like that. I don't have time. I don't have time for that. And that thing will still kill them. It will kill them not because God do not have mercy. It will kill them because of pride or arrogance. Somebody came to see me. Sometimes I won't mention name. When I told him what I saw about him with his wife, his wife alluded to it and said it is true. And immediately I saw his face changed. When the wife confirmed it, I looked at his face. <laughs> I laughed. You know why I laughed? Pride immediately brought came to him.
and immediately began to manifest pride. And I look at him, I pity him. I pity him because about 10 people, I, 10 things I saw about him, I only told him two. I didn't tell him the eight. And I laughed. And I said something. I said, ah, my brother, you know I am not a prophet that looks for people. You must have gotten to this church and you see that the church is small. <laughs> this is not my first church. I said, then you cannot judge somebody like me by church. What of church? Come to my crusade and see thousands of people. Come to my conferences and see people. Not church. You can't judge me by church. He became quiet. I said, see, this thing I told you, I saw about you, go to 1,000 prophets. If they don't see it, God did not call them. And be careful. Be careful. Because I've ministered to people like that, that they struggle, struggle, and give up. And they didn't do anything like that. They don't do anything. They don't try anymore. Because the devil will not make you to try anymore. Many, many people. Many, many people. Because witchcraft has studied it in robbing them here. Hallelujah. I say you be careful. Very, very careful. I say I won't look for you. But if you call me, I will attend to you. When you call me before, I'm going to attend to you. Because I love you. Amen. But I won't look for you. I won't call you. I told you, I won't call you. I'm not the type that call people. Amen. Jesus never called anybody. But people came to him anyhow. And he attended to them. Eh? So I don't call people. If I don't minister to you, is it the tithe you in your hand? Or the offering you want to give me that I'm looking for? Hmm? What I've achieved in life, I pray you'll be able to achieve it. That's what I say. I pray you'll be able to achieve it. You can, if you humble yourself. And you do what is needful. Hallelujah. Pride is very strong. Even the pastors and the leaders are pride, proud. Do you know that? Hmm? Go to some churches of pastors. They are very proud. You see the way they even walk. You see the pride in the way they walk. They walk in one way, psychedelically. Hmm? As if they are there. Even Jagaba doesn't walk the way they are walking. <laughs> eh? They walk so high-minded. You see the high-mindedness. I mentioned Jagaba because we know we are not streaming. Amen. <laughs> so, they are so high-minded. Hallelujah. Is it not this ministry? And these people that are high men, they go to their account, you will meet 500,000 in their account. And yet, they are very high minded. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, Nigeria, we have a pride of race. Eh? You know, in the world, they have the pride of race. Eh? The Europeans are proud that they are the mother of civilization and they took all of us to slavery in Africa. Is that right? Up to now, in some part of Europe, they still don't believe we are human beings. Hmm? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I hosted an Australian in my home. An Australian here. And he was communing with his wife on phone. And one day I came because we have the dining set here then. 
I said, Mike, how are you? Fine. He said, do you know something, Pastor Austin? I want to tell you something. I sat down. I said, yes. He said, do you know that my people in Australia cannot believe what is happening to me? I said, what? He said that I told my wife that all the food you are giving me in Australia, they are giving me here. In the past. So he said, my wife could not believe it. He said, because many Australians still believe we live on trees. Can you see that? That is why I told you in mission, when I was teaching you mission in the course that go to some of these places, meet these whites on the mission field. They still believe that they are the teacher. We are the student. Eh? In this century, that anointing-wise, congregation-wise, they cannot match us. There is no Christianity over there anymore. And yet, they still believe they are the teacher. We must listen to them. That's pride of race. Amen? Even in Nigeria, there is pride of tribe. Isn't it? Hear what the Igbos are saying about Yoruba. And hear what the Yorubas are saying about Igbo. Hmm? And the Aussas against Igbo and Yoruba. Amen. Praise God. Is that not pride? Eh? Is that not pride? Pride of tribe. When you read some things in the internet, on Facebook, and some of these pride begin to come up, then you laugh. Somebody posts on Facebook, when Queen died, yeah? he showed when Queen came to Nigeria, he was in the north, he was in the east, he was in the west, she was in the west. And he showed a picture of where the the queen met the traditional rulers. And this boy who is in form, who is a young boy, now said, see, the Yoruba bowed down to the queen. And he showed the picture. And he said, see, they also bowed down to the queen. But see, we Igbos, we are kings. We don't bow down to anybody. And I laughed. <laughs> So, I was forced to teach a young man a lesson. I said, eh, if we don't bow down to queen, to king, because they are king. I said, I have the picture of Namdi Azukwe bowing down to the queen. Is he not an Igbo? Why is he bowing down to the queen in England? Hmm? I said, you, you, just, you just post anything you like on the internet. Things are not correct. So these things are pride. Amen. Yeah. Hmm? When I was growing up, I grew up in Akure, and you know in Akure there are so many evils. So, when we begin to talk, some of the Igbo brothers say, you see, hmm? do you know what we used to call you in the East? I said, no. So, we used to call you Ofe Madu. Ofe Madu. And that, you know, you love soup with red oil. No, Ofe Madu. I said, eh. He said, do you know that when you talk, there is no speech you make. You put umbati. So we call you umbati, umbati. <laughs> <laughs> then I answer him. Don't let me tell you what they call you in the Southwest. Well, if I tell you what they call you in the Southwest, when you see, you, you know you are in the Yoruba town, you will kill one of them. 
So let me just not say anything. You see, this, we call it idiosyncrasies in English. You see, it's prevalent in Nigeria. But it's a type of pride. And it's injuring some people to just surrender to God and to receive their miracle. Another thing that hinders, then we have, to, you know, I've talked about that, we have pride of leadership created mostly by the Pentecostals and Charismatics. Eh? Pride of leadership. You, don't, you can't see that pride of leadership in Anglican Church. All this well-organized church. Eh? Praise God. But you see it in the Pentecostals. Pentecostals just come up and say, I am more than that person. They will even begin to fight each other. When are you consecrated? When are you dedicated? When are you ordained as a minister? I am older than you. You ask me. I was ordained before you. Can you see those things in Anglican or Catholic? Never. But you see that in Pentecostals. That's why Archbishop Widows are called them Pentecostals. That's the name he gave to them, Penti Raska. And they are, actually, they are Raskas because when you see many of them behaving, you won't know that Jesus is in them. Praise God. Second thing I want to talk about before I close today is doubt or fear. When you are full of drought or you are afraid, you can't receive miracle. You can't receive deliverance. Many people are full of doubt. When we talk about this deliverance thing, they are full of doubt. Is it true? Is it true that I need to be ministered to? Well, you go to those who have been ministered to, you see they will tell you it's true. Praise the Lord. They will tell you it's true. They tell you it is true that you need freedom. Hallelujah. Unbelief of a truth. When a truth comes out, when it comes out, you begin to doubt it. That hinders your deliverance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, false teaching or false doctrine. When you have false teaching, you embrace false teaching or false doctrine, then there will be going to be a problem. Some people are banned by the spirit of false teaching. That is what we call the spirit of error. They have false teaching. And if they are not delivered from that false teaching, the, the power of God will not flow to their life. Hallelujah. I don't know of now, but in those days, false teaching was very strong. I learn now that he's strong now, stronger now. You see? Stronger now, very stronger. Hmm? Praise the Lord. They will tell you there is no deliverance. Hmm? But somebody whose loved one died of a certain disease. And that disease is ravaging the family. You shouldn't tell such a person that uh, there is no delivery. He knows that. Why is it? 
In some family, it had been killed. Certain age, they would die. No matter who you are. I met a man in, um, in, in uh, Ghana in those days who told me that people in his family will be rich until they are 40. And at 40, they will begin to come down. He says, sir, I'm now 40. And everything around me is collapsing. And I was ministering then in the University of Lego. You know, I was using deliverance service in the University of Lego. And he came to me, he heard about me. He said, 40. My brother is 40. My brother doesn't have anything again. I have two Mercedes Benz beside other cars. Reverend, everything is gone. I came to this place shattering a taxi because I am 40. Help me. Have you ever heard such stories? Hmm? I know a family. Prevalent in that family is you must have two children. Nobody has ever had more than two. And you want to tell such a person that there is no deliverance, you shouldn't tell such a person he knew. You know? Part of my father in the Lord, in the family of his wife, had that issue. So one of, one of the ladies in the family said, I am going to give back to more than two. I mean it. He had two. Hmm? So he struggled to have the thought it was aborted. Hmm? When he had it twice and he had abortion twice, he gave up. Because there is a spirit in that family that says these people must not give birth to more than two. Are you going to convince such a person that there is no deliverance? You can't convince, no, something is wrong. Or somebody that has been told that, you know, in this family, ladies used to get old before they marry. So don't expect it to be different. Something will tell that lady that this is something, this is, this is a problem. And I must rise up and change that destiny. Amen. Amen. And it is the power of God that will change that destiny. Amen. In some family, riches are strange. Even if they enter into court, into court, it doesn't work. Do you think all these people enter into court? Do you know it's work? Do you think it works for all of them? Uh, go to Boni Court. There are people who are their servants. Eh? Right? People who are their servants. And I was telling somebody that he was arguing with me. I said, if you join a court, know for sure the person who introduced you to that court is your senior. It will determine two things. It will determine that you are not going to rise beyond one certain level. And it will also determine the second thing, when you are going to die. Because they asked him to bring you so that he could be promoted. That's what happens. But like I was asking mommy two days ago, I said, I don't know what is wrong with people. Now I'm sleeping on my bed. Eh? I know my soul is not in the hand of somebody, isn't it? Eh? My soul is only in the hand of God. Why should people now, because of the thing in this world, eh, ask somebody somewhere to be controlling them? They're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. 
And if you don't report, repent and get out from them and run to Jesus, they will kill you. But, so what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? Praise God. I take everybody. You know these people came to paint this house. There is no section of this house they did not enter. All the workers that come to work for me enter my room as they enter their room. Eh? I open it, enter everywhere, paint everywhere. They don't see any altar anywhere. If I am in court, don't you think I will carry all of you to the court? Yes, now. The first candidate of the call is Billy. Yeah. You see? I will not I will not even struggle. I will not even explain to you. Yeah. All Biola has to drink for me is Coke. <laughs> and he has entered. Yes. Praise God. That's all. And in most of this church, that their leaders are in court. You see them seeing that they see their bishop in their dream. And their bishop is commanding them. Ah, bishop commanded me today. In the dream. Uh, they are suffering. <laughs> bishop is exercising authority in the dream against your life. And you are talking about it. And you don't run for cover. Hallelujah. We're going to stop here today. Because I said, I'm going to teach today. Teach tomorrow. Because I want you to know what we are ministering on. On Sunday, we'll start ministry. I will still teach you the same message tomorrow. Because I've not finished it. I have to tell you what you must do. To deal with those things that hinder you. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet.